the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salzadel, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you, you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today, we have a special guest in Dr. Gary Locklear. He's with the Concordia University, Wisconsin. He's a professor and chair of computer science, director of their MSIT program. And he's also on the board of directors with the Creation Research Society, which is something I didn't know and was fascinated to hear. Welcome, Dr. Locklear. Thank you. It's great to be here. By the time this airs, you will have spoken at the San Antonio Biblical Worldview Conference at Faith Lutheran Church, the 2019 version of that. And your topic, as I've read it from the poster, is today's educational world. Well, actually, this is the topic for the conference. Is today's educational world, is it safe for a Christian student? Your topic was science distinguishing a classical and biblical education from an evolutionary education. What made you choose that topic? Oh, that's a great question. Scott, before I answer that, I just want to give a shout-out to you and Carl and Terry and Ed and everybody there at the San Antonio ESA for the work that you're doing. I really believe that the local creation organizations are the lifeblood of the creation movement. You really get the information out to the people who need it most. So I appreciate the service that you the directors and everybody involved in the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association are doing. Thank you. Thank you, and I want to give you credit for actually saying that all correctly. It usually takes practice to say SAMHSA. Go ahead. <laughs> I understand. Um, actually, I was contacted by President Thompson because he knew my interest in apologetics and wanted to know if I would be willing to speak, and I said I was. He was actually the person that suggested this topic, but it is interesting to me also. I happen to teach a college-level course at Concordia University in cosmogony. Cosmogony is just a fancy word that means the science of words. So I actually, besides researching and investigating and seeing, I do actually teach on creation and evolution. So it seemed to me that uh, trying to figure out what are the differences between a Bible-based creationary approach to education and an evolutionary approach to education, I, I think makes a lot of sense. And beyond that, there are a number of practical applications that folks can take away from this. And hopefully when I was presenting at the conference, folks uh, got that and were able to take some of these ideas away. All right. Well, what is the difference between a biblical and an evolutionary education? A biblical education is one that really starts with the source material. As a scientist, I'm a big believer in taking a look at primary sources. 
And when it comes to any kind of truth, any kind of real education, that has to start with the biblical text. And just like your organization, I believe that we leave the Bible from the very first verse. So one of the foundational hallmarks of a biblical-based education would be believing, accepting, verifying the source material we read in the Bible. Now, there's a couple of other things I need to say about that. And one comment that I make a lot, I'm sure the folks at the conference are tired of hearing this, is I believe that creation is a reasonable position and a reasonable explanation for origins. Although, of course, we're bombarded with evolutionary content all the time, when you take a look at fundamentals of both creation and evolution, you can appreciate that creation is actually a very reasonable explanation for origin. Now, the second thing I'm going to say, I think might be a little, yeah, I don't want to say controversial, but a lot of people haven't thought about this. I really believe that a biblical-based education is one that is not one-sided indoctrination, brainwashing, or just saying something and leaving it back. For example, I've run across a number of folks who grew up in a Christian home, maybe went to a Christian school, and what about origin, basically, yeah, God created everything, but they didn't really investigate it. Unfortunately, when they left what I would consider a safe environment and then went out into the world, into the workplace, or maybe on to higher education in some environment, they were suddenly confronted with the idea of evolution, and it wasn't presented as a fairy tale. It was presented with lots of background information by people with lots of letters after their name, and suddenly they were confused. They said, hey, I thought that, you know, nobody really accepted evolution. Evolution was just a fairy tale. And now I hear people talking about it as if it's a real thing. So I firmly believe that a safe educational environment doesn't just talk about one side of origins, but also presents both sides, both creation and evolution. I don't think people should worry about that because we speak the truth in love. The truth can stand. I, when truth and falsehood grapple, truth will prevail. So a safe educational environment is one that is based upon the Bible, but then also recognizes that there are other ideas out there and we need to understand them so we can compare and contrast them to the truth. Now, we get a pushback from pastors and from other people within the Christian community saying, well, wait a minute, this becomes controversial. This kind of stuff of evolution versus creation divides people and it's not the gospel itself. Therefore, we just don't need to even get into this topic. What is your response to that? My response is this. Well, I shouldn't be flipping about it. Every once in a while I ask somebody who says they don't want to talk about creation is controversial. I'll ask them, have you shared the person of Christ with, with anyone else? If you think creation is controversial, <laughs> I think the person of Jesus Christ is much more controversial. So let's not be flipped out, and I really should do that. But I would like to begin by saying, you know, I agree, this is a controversial idea. But on the other hand, it's an extremely important idea. It is a foundational idea to Christianity. I don't believe it's an accident. It's the very first book of the biblical text, Genesis, the origin. And I don't believe that it was an accident or coincidence that Moses' recording via the Spirit started with the whole idea of creation. Creation is a foundational idea to all biblical doctrines. So, if we're not willing to stand for Genesis 1-1 and for creation, then suddenly we're asking people to sort of pick and choose whatever biblical doctrines you 
like we don't think are controversial. So I guess I would agree it is controversial, uh, but so is Christianity, and it's important that we understand it so that we can respond to the questions that we get. Understood. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Today we're talking with Dr. Gary Locklear from Concordia University, Wisconsin, on the topic of a biblical education versus an evolutionary education. When I deal with people with that same topic that we were just discussing about whether or not this is central to the gospel or whether we should be getting into this controversy, I ask a couple of questions. One of them is, well, if you think that, say, the first three chapters or 11 chapters of Genesis or whatever are allegory or not worth studying, one, why did God put them in there, which is really your point, why did he start with that? And second, if the first 11 chapters are not the actual truth, when does the truth start? Does it start in the Gospels? There are people who would do away with the miracles of Christ. And you're really attacking the authority of Scripture when you start asking these questions and trying to throw out segments of Scripture. Plus, of course, if you're trying to compromise with long ages and evolution, you start saying, well, there was sin and death before Adam, therefore, what did Christ even come for? You start to do violence to the Gospel. I've had a couple of people ask me that same, you know, just say, well, Genesis 1, that's just death. And so I've asked them point blank, well, what sections of the Bible did God name when he said? Many people give me sort of a blank look, so I'll prompt them and I'll say, well, what about, do you think God really meant the Ten Commandments? And they said, oh, sure, <laughs> that's God's word. And then as you and I and many other people know, then I'll just take them to Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the name by keeping it holy. Now, many people know that part, but they don't go on to read the end. Why we work six days and rest a seventh day? And God says in Exodus 20, verse 11, for in six days, God created the earth and all that's in there, but rested on the seventh. So suddenly, everywhere throughout the biblical text, we have the idea of creation. That sometimes stops people, but it's good to think about it, isn't it? Yeah. Now, we are, incidentally, taping before you present, and of course, it'll be on the air afterwards. One of the crowds that we are promoting this Worldview Conference and your topic to is the homeschool community. And we've billed this as something that is really of value to them because too often people look at this whole topic of people encountering an evolutionary and not a biblical education as just a college phenomenon. It's not. They're doing it all through secondary school. And in fact, current data shows that we are not losing them in college. We are losing a lot of our Christian kids in middle school. Yes. Why? Yeah, I appreciate reaching out to the homeschool community. My wife and I homeschooled our five children. We actually homeschooled from beginning through high school. And interestingly, they all did okay in college. We all have at least an undergraduate degree now. But the homeschool community, which I love, again, I want to encourage those folks to not only understand the creation model, but also understand the evolution model. Because questions will come up. Our kids don't exist in the vacuum. They interact with other people. So when questions come up, they need to be equipped to respond to those questions. And as a matter of fact, my youngest daughter, Valerie, recently wrote a book. It's called Call to Defend, subtitled An Apologetics Handbook for Middle School Students, where she was really reaching out to just that age group to give them some tools to help them answer questions and be further in their faith when they confront these questions. 
Dr. Lockler, we thank you for your time. We also thank you for this presentation and your commitment to showing people the first way, the first book of understanding and your commitment to the Bible. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. I really appreciate sharing with you and your audience today. Thank you, sir. There has been an explosion in the number of exoplanets discovered. That's planets detected outside our solar system and other star systems. We know that we have found more than 6,000 of them. This would lead some to believe there has to be life out there. But what we have found that none of these planets and solar systems meet all of the more than 200 prerequisites for life which are made possible in this very special place we call Earth. Scientists are consistently looking for water and planets in a habitable zone around stars, saying that these two things always make life possible. But they ignore the fact that, as we detail in this program, biological evolution, even with water and the right conditions, is physically, chemically, and mathematically impossible. Finding life out there would disprove the Bible, not God's existence. But what we know from the Bible and natural laws is this universe says that we are quite probably alone and very special creation of God. Scott Lane's book, What If God Wrote the Bible, will be released nationwide on March 2nd. Pre-orders for e-books are already available on Amazon. This book gives six evidence that God wrote the Bible and thereby gives evidence of his existence. It includes evidence of the Genesis account found in the creation accounts of other cultures all over the world. It has evidence of God and the Bible, understanding modern physics, biology, and chemistry thousands of years before man. It shows how God protected his words down from the ages and has made over 2,500 very specific prophecies with over 2,000 of them already coming to pass. This and more can be had by you if you get your copy of What If God Wrote the Bible by Scott Lane. Click on KSLR Podcast. Scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.